Hello, and welcome to The Right Side of History, a show dedicated to exploring current events through a historical lens and busting left-wing myths about figures and events of America's past. My name is Jared Stepman, a contributor to The Daily Signal. And I'm Fred Lucas, White House correspondent for The Daily Signal. And, and we're here to talk about today an issue that's that's come up a lot in recent months, especially since the election of President Donald Trump, which is the issue of impeachment. This is a major uh, uh, provision in the Constitution which allows for the removal of president from office. And this has been something that's uh, really been kind of growing, especially from the progressive Democrat ranks in regards to Donald Trump. And Since the election is right, I think they brought it up the day after the election. Actually. That That's that's absolutely a fact. There were some professors that brought this up that Trump should actually be impeached the first day he was in office, that he should be removed before he had actually done anything. and. There are actually some specific examples lately. The House uh, Democrats recently brought up articles of impeachment uh, against President Trump under the charge that uh, there were actually five different articles brought up, including uh, obstruction of justice for Trump's decision to fire uh, former FBI Director James Comey, uh, two emoluments clause violations, undermining the independence of the federal judiciary, and undermining the freedom of the press. So that's what was brought up by by House Democrats. And they're certainly not the only ones. We also had the example of uh, liberal mega-donor Tom Steyer, who has also waged this millions of dollars uh, in, camp, in money to trying to impeach Donald Trump. So there, there are definitely calls coming from all over to impeach the president from uh, very progressive activists and many in Congress. So this is clearly, uh, Fred, this has clearly become a huge issue, which both of us have written about in the past. Oh, so really, since Trump has become president, kind of laying out the kind of buildup of this justification for impeaching Trump. Tr- Fred, can you can you talk about some of these specific charges? Well, uh, for, for one, it's not going to happen. I mean, the, the numbers just aren't there. But I, I would say this last resolution that came out has some interesting people. It was led by uh, Steve Cohen, a red state Democrat, a Democrat out of Tennessee. Um, but uh, it actually has a couple of uh, high-profile Democrats. It's not just backbenchers. Uh, uh, John Yarmuth of Kentucky, uh, who is another red state, but he's also the ranking Democrat on the House Budget Committee. Uh, Representative Marsha Fudge of Ohio, she's a former chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus. So, I mean, uh, a few more high-profile House Democrats are getting in on this. But, but yeah, the the charges seem a bit far out. I, I actually did a story for the Daily Signal a while back uh that looked at Democrats hatch plans A, B, and C, and you know whatever else <laughs> to impeach uh, <laughs> through and, Z through the yeah, entire alphabet, right? Um, but basically, uh, uh, it, this, this tries to go through almost every aspect of uh, what's been brought up: the emoluments clause, which uh, a lot of people have said you could impeach any president almost. Under emoluments, uh, and that, that is basically a president receiving money yes, yes. or some business from business ventures while he's president. Of course, that would mean that President Barack Obama, you know, selling his books would also right. be, uh, you know, in violation of this. All going all the way back to George Washington, I think most of our presidents would qualify as impeachable if that really was an impeachable offense. Yeah, yeah going, going all out, these five Democrats divided. 
had two emoluments uh, articles, uh, one a foreign emoluments and a <laughs> domestic emoluments article. So, so two separate articles to cover that one wow. just, to, just to be safe. And uh, also uh, for firing James Comey as FBI director. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I, I think uh, – most legal experts say the president can, can fire who he wants to. We don't have a Tenure of Office Act in place uh, for <laughs> FBI directors, which is what led to the Andrew Johnson impeachment. But uh, but but that was for obstruction of justice and firing. Uh, Very interesting yeah. too, I have to say, in all these calls that we've kind of mentioned here, yeah. it's interesting that the- – MoveOn.org <laughs> has actually called for Trump's impeachment, which if, if MoveOn.org is an activist progressive organization that was created to move on yeah. from the Clinton impeachment. They said that uh, – maybe you can explain more of this, Fred. Yeah, yeah. Well, the name itself was derived from that. And uh, uh, MoveOn.org, it's, uh, they, they wanted to just kind of move past this Lewinsky, don't uh, drag out this horrible impeachment process. Uh, you know, it's – it's not worth it. I, I and and I think we've had a lot of people. Uh, maybe Cass Sunstein was actually one of them who were uh, decidedly against impeaching a president uh, in the 1990s, uh, and are now seem to be pretty well okay with it. Uh, in the 90s, uh, regardless of what you think about the Lewinsky scandal, there were actual charges there: uh, perjury and obstruction of justice. Right. Uh, this is well, – one's an obstruction charge. Some some of the other charges here on this last resolution though seem to be a bit of a stretch. It's um, undermining the free press, uh, which I I think Thomas Jefferson even had some harsh – who was a str- strong defender of the free press in, in terms of uh, philosophy, but he had some – Mean things to say about the press sometimes. As, that, as that's president. for sure. I don't and, think they like the the uh, President Trump's right. mean tweets. Yeah, uh, I think right, that right, is. Right. Uh, oh, well, well, yeah, the other articles undermining the independence of the federal judiciary because, uh, and 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 in explaining that they bring up that he tweeted out that a judge was a so-called judge and Trump's worst <laughs> because he ruled against Trump. Well, maybe that's not the most presidential thing to say, but it, uh, ultimately, two of these articles involve uh, impeaching a president over his tweets. Pretty serious thing. I think uh, before we continue any further, we should kind of explain what exactly impeachment is, because it's something that you know not a lot of people understand. I mean, what exactly can somebody be impeached for? What does it entail? And this was something that was actually very much debated by the founding fathers when they included this. In the Constitution, it wasn't something that was set in stone. It wasn't something that was so obvious to them. In fact, uh, many of the debates uh, at the founding uh, were revolved over this question of the separation of powers. I mean, is it is it okay for the legislature to essentially impeach a president or a judge? Um, is this is this some kind of violation of separation of power? So this was a big debate at the time of whether that was possible, whether that was a good thing. I think ultimately they decided that it was too dangerous uh, to not have some way of getting rid of a president who had committed crimes or had done something illegal or a judge especially who really, as, as we see with the Supreme Court, serves – Basically for life or on terms of good behavior. Um, I think one of the things we talk about with impeachment, we, we tend to see it relating to the president too much. It actually relates to other offices too, including 
judges. So, I mean, a judge serving for life, if he's done something crooked or illegal, there needs to be a way to get rid of them. Obviously, you can't unelect him like you can a president. Um, so this was something that was hotly debated at the uh, Constitutional Convention, eventually did make its way into the Constitution. There's some very specific uh, – the, the founders laid out some, some very specific ways of how this process would, took place. So I'm going to read a little bit here from the Constitution itself. Um, which uh, this is, comes from Article One, Section Two, Clause Five of the Constitution says the House of Representatives shall have the sole power of impeachment. So the first pr- step in this process of impeachment is the House of Representatives votes to whether or not to impeach the president. The next step, which is uh, highlighted in Article One, Section Three, Clauses Six and Seven, says the Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be an oath of, or affirmation. When the president of the United States is tried, the chief justice shall preside, and no person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members president. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office or honor, trust, or profit under the United States. But the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to the law. Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 says... The president shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. And finally, Article 2, Section 4 says the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall remove from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. And I think that last line is one of the big uh, debates over impeachment is this line of what constitutes a high crime and misdemeanor. And this is, of course, what a lot of these cases involving impeachment have revolved around and, frankly, have never been truly resolved, at least in a legal way. They've been debated, uh, certainly in these various trials, um, but it's never been fully resolved. And I think one thing we're going to try to convey on the show is that impeachment really is more than just a legal act. It's a political act. I mean, this is a, a political decision uh, whether or not you can get the votes in the legislature to get to remove somebody for what could be considered a crime, what may not be considered a crime. And uh, so, I mean, but th- this is something that's been definitely used in our history. And of course, there there have been some very famous cases, which recently with the Bill Clinton case, but there have actually been a lot of other uh, impeachment trials beyond the president that. I think you'd like to talk a little about, Fred, um, that have occurred in our history, actually, some fairly dramatic ones that have occurred at certainly the state level, but regards to judges and governors. Sure. Well, uh, I mean, I, uh, we, you mentioned earlier uh, judges and uh, justices. Uh, uh, one, one of the first impeachments actually was in an election year, uh, was very politicized. It was a Supreme Court Justice Samuel Chase in 1804. Uh, and one of the things that made it famous is the vice president, Aaron Burr, as president of the Senate, presided over that just a few days after he <laughs> killed Alexander Hamilton. But that's an aside. So uh, Wild times in the early republic. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, but uh, but uh, Chase was a Federalist judge. He was impeached for judicial misconduct and uh, by a Jeffersonian Republican majority in the House in 1804. Um at, at, when it went to the Senate trial, uh, two articles gained a slim majority, but it was well short of the two-thirds. That's pretty much been the pattern. Um, right. Uh, we've fast forward to post-Civil War. 
Andrew Johnson um, seceded Lincoln, uh, and the Republicans in Congress uh, impeached him. That went to a Senate trial. Uh, he survived by a single vote in the Senate. It, it, it is interesting how – with a lot of these cases – it's brought up, but it it fails just kind of at the last second. I think that's something you get, for, especially from this first case of this Chase impeachment, is a lot of people, of course, some of the accusations against Chase were very serious. But a lot of people saw it as just a, a, a political battle between Federalists and Jeffersonian Republicans. And I think there was this fear that, oh, is this a case of the politicization of the courts? Mm-hmm. Is this process just a partisan means of getting rid of people you don't like? Or are we actually getting rid of people – for high crimes and misdemeanors. And I think that has been – that has kind of been the bar in a lot of these cases is to the public's eye. Does this seen as just a brazen political move to topple somebody you don't like or is this something that really is an individual who's dangerous to the republic? And that that is, of course, where you know things have always been on the edge. And certainly what you mentioned with the Johnson impeachment, which was, I mean, probably the most serious one. In our history, I mean, these questions definitely came up. I mean, uh, for sure. I mean, this. Yeah, I mean, uh, something I would say is uh, I think in all the impeachments, there was a bit of a political and cultural war at the time. Uh, The the Chase impeachment, even, there was this clash uh, over that the uh, Jeffersonian Republicans did not uh, want the uh, Federalists to have too much power over the judiciary as. John Adams was on his way out of office. He stacked the courts basically uh, and uh, this was – they, the uh, Jeffersonians wanted to undermine that a little bit. Uh, going at post-Civil War, you had uh, a very lenient President Johnson to the south and uh, you, you had a far less lenient radical Republicans and Thaddeus hey. Stevens and so forth. Uh, Watergate, which ended in Nixon's Absolutely. resignation but the House Judiciary passed – uh, articles of impeachment. Uh, most people think Nixon deserved it, uh, but I, that also happened during a very tumultuous cultural upheaval. Absolutely, and uh, and on through the 1990s with Bill Clinton, I think you had a kind of a a moral clash, a cultural clash there. Absolutely, uh, and and I, I think you probably seen the same thing here with Trump. Sure, I, absolutely. It's interesting. I mean, talking about the, the the Johnson impeachment. I mean, this was a kind of brazen move. First step was the legislature passed what's called the Tenure of Office Act. Right. Um, that was later invalidated by the Supreme Court, but they passed this because it, it basically said the president couldn't fire his cabinet secretaries without the approval of the Senate. And so this was, in many ways, an intentional way to stop Andrew Johnson, who had taken over from President Abraham Lincoln. It was a way to put the kibosh on Johnson, who started to war with a lot of the members in the legislature. And so you could say this is – it started off as kind of an, an entrapment of, of President Johnson, who, of course, tried to remove the Secretary of War, Edward Stanton, uh, in this rather ridiculous scene where he actually appointed a new Secretary of War – and this new Secretary of War tried to go to his office, and Stanton had actually locked himself in this thing and staked out for two weeks while this this issue was being was being resolved. This so sounds like what's happening about the CFPB right it, now. It does a little sound a little bit like the the, the two uh, the two uh, uh, heads of the CFPB, uh, whether who who's in charge and whatnot. It was a very uh, dramatic scene that took place. But of course, this. This issue was standing led to the impeachment trial and the bringing of the articles of impeachment against Andrew Johnson, which was quite serious, as you spoke about before. It was he was impeached by the House, and then it went to the Senate, where things got things got really heated, 
And there was, of course, a danger that a president of the United States might be removed from office. But that didn't happen. It was cut just short. Uh, many say by one vote. This particular is this uh, senator named – I think his name was Edmund Ross of Kansas who was actually in the president's party at the time, um, which some have called a profile and courage. This is what John F. Yeah, Kennedy yeah. famously in his book Profiles and Courage said, that, well, this is a courageous moment in the history of the public where a senator stood up to his own party and decided not to impeach the president and save – maybe save the republic. Of course, some people have some disagreements about whether or not he did the right thing. Well, I, I was going to say uh, David O. Stewart uh, actually uh, had a book uh, that took sort of a, a, a very different view than John F. Kennedy's book and, and took a very different view from uh, I think most historians view the Johnson impeachment. They thought, thought of it as kind of a partisan circus. Uh, right. And I think um, there has been maybe a different – some some historians have taken another look at that. It was – Though the law was unconstitutional, uh, ruled unconstitutional in 1926, I think you said. Uh, It was – at the time, it was a law. Uh, Impeachment is a political process as we said. So they – I guess the Republican majority in Congress was within its right uh, to bring these charges and to remove a president if they wished. But uh, I think that's part of what Stewart – yeah, it was this great book. It's called Impeach the Trial of President right. Andrew Johnson, the Fight for Lincoln's Legacy. And I think it was actually – it's an interesting argument he makes that um, essentially you know, this wasn't necessarily a profile in courage. There were some accusations that Ross had been bribed, that he had been offered political spoils at the time to, to make his vote. And there were certainly other members of the Senate who were offered similar things, that it wasn't exactly him standing on principle. There might have been a lot of self-interest at stake. But, of course, you could also say that the act of removing the president, especially just after the Civil War, could have been a destabilizing act that could have led to some terrible things down the line. Now, of course, it's made it very difficult, I think, to argue for impeaching a president. I mean some of the some of the charges against Johnson were quite serious from his party, that he was a poor president, that he had done a bad job, that he had failed in Reconstruction after the Civil War. Uh, but it's definitely cooled a lot of the ardor of people trying to impeach presidents because there's that fear that if we remove a president, what does it mean for the republic when a president is booted from office, something we've never actually witnessed before, something we've never actually gone through. So it does represent a danger. It's interesting that the one case that you mentioned, the Supreme Court case in 1926 that got rid of the Tenure of Office Act, actually had a former president as the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, Mr. William uh, William Howard Taft. So it is interesting that the, the former president is kind of defending the presidency in some way, uh, some way or another. So yeah, I, uh, I, I would say also the um, just as the, the Stewart book, it's kind of t- – Wanted to take a uh, another look at the Johnson impeachment. I think we are seeing uh, quite a few columnist pundits today, in light of so many of the sexual harassment issues that are swirling around other candidates or uh, politicians, Hollywood, so forth. We're seeing people taking another look at the Clinton impeachment, right? And saying, "Hey, maybe that was not just about his personal life. Maybe there's bigger issues." That, that were at stake there. And Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that it's striking to me, you know, the calls for impeaching Trump now compared to Clinton is Clinton actually did break the law in some cases. I mean, he had committed perjury. He was accused of, um, you know, trying to get a job for some of these for Monica Lewinsky. And so there were actually some pretty serious accusations uh, at the time that, well, he had done some things that were actually straight up illegal. Um, 
less less in the case. I mean, certainly they're trying to make that case with Trump, but I think even less of of a stable case now with the actions of Donald Trump. And it's interesting to see kind of people flip sides, so to speak. I mean, you have so many people that were saying that impeachment is reckless. It's it's a problem in the 1990s. Are today so eager to basically ditch a president who was just elected by the American people for being who he is. I mean, that's what kind of, uh, especially given the fact that, you know, Clinton now is, of course, falling a little bit by the wayside for his actions, you know, with the, as you said, the sexual harassment, things like that. It is interesting to see the the turnaround uh, since the 1990s uh, that we're really seeing with this. So, I, I mean, so, uh, go ahead. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to say, and it's not just been at the federal level. Uh, right. Early in my journalism career, actually, I was a, a state house reporter in Connecticut, uh, where I covered the the process of impeachment. It started uh, of the governor there, John G. Rowland, uh, over taking gifts and awarding state contracts. He he ended up resigning, but uh, but uh, just a few years ago, uh, there was a case where Rod Blagojevich out of Illinois he tried to sell Barack Obama's old Senate seat. That was in two thousand nine. Ended up getting impeached and removed and then going to prison for that. Uh, and uh, you have a, f- a handful of governors. Evan Meacham out of Arizona was impeached and removed on corruption charges in 1988, did not get convicted. Uh, I think one of my favorite uh, state impeachment uh, issues was uh, Governor Henry S. Johnston. He was uh, impeached in Oklahoma uh, just for General incompetence actually was a charge brought against him. <laughs> but he called up the uh, Oklahoma National Guard to surround the Capitol to, to prevent wow. the uh, legislature from convening for that. So, so I, I think to kind of to kind of sum up here, um, impeachment has been something that, of course, was enshrined in the Constitution. It was created for a very specific purpose to make sure that we don't have people that are criminals or things of this nature in high office. There'd be some measure of getting rid of these people. I think there's a danger that the founders talked about the convention that we could have somebody who's deemed uh, you know, not worthy of office that's in high office that we can't get rid of, I mean, by other, anything other than violent means, which, of course, the, the founders were very much against. Uh, so impeachment was created as an important tool in the history of the republic, which has been used from time to time. But at the same time, it's one that has a lot of leeway in it. There's a lot of gray area in what impeachment actually constitutes. What is a high crime and misdemeanor? It's never been fully fleshed out. It's not something that's codified really into law. Um, so this has made these trials in many cases very politicized. The ultimate decision of whether a president or a judge can be removed, federal judge can be removed, comes down to two-thirds of the Senate, whether or not they believe that this person can be ejected from office. And that is, of course, a very uh, politically fraught thing and something that we have to consider as Americans could potentially be very dangerous. Uh, you know, it makes us seem like a banana republic if we're impeaching people for nothing but partisan pur- purposes. So it's it's an important but a very potentially dangerous tool um, that is certainly has a lot of history in this country and the history of the republic. Um, so, so, Fred, thank you so much uh, for joining me as, as always. I think... Uh, I think hopefully we gave uh, the listeners some 
good background on what impeachment is and what it means uh, in our country's history. And I'm sure that this 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 topic will come up many times in the next uh, next three or four years uh, <laughs> when it comes to President Trump, yeah. uh, given the, the nature much. of the kind of progressive attacks on him and the likelihood that they will continue to press for for things like impeachment uh, of, of Trump. So this is definitely going to be a, a big deal in the coming years. Um, and, and thanks to everyone for joining us on the right side of history. If you'd like to listen to past and future broadcasts, please check out our SoundCloud account. Uh, also take a listen, uh, take a look at the Daily Signal's Facebook page for when our next uh, program airs. If you're further interested in our work, check out my Twitter account, at Jarrett Stepman and Fred's Twitter handle, at Fred Lucas. W-H. Thank you so much for joining us.